There we go. That can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. A belated good morning, RT. Yes. A very, uh, yes, a slight uh, technical difficulties here. I moved the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the board was like a quarter inch crooked and I moved it a quarter inch and apparently that unplugged the system. (laughs) And so, (laughs) anyway. Well, always check the power. Yes. Always check the the power power. supply, the cord. Yes. Very important. Very important. But, uh, it's, it's kind of hidden underneath. That's why it took a while to sort it out. But, uh, anyway, here we are. So, uh, do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, yes. I've got a really nice ride of the week. It's the Hyundai, or Hyundai, as it's correctly pronounced, Sonata Hybrid. And this is a really nice car to drive, and it's a fun car to drive that, as an engineer, it's got all kinds of neat technology on it. Okay? And... uh, it gets, it's EPA listed to get 45 miles per gallon in the city and 51 on the highway for a combined value of 47. Now, those numbers are usually the reverse of most hybrids. Most hybrids get better mileage in the city than they do on the highway. And the Hyundai, Hyundai technical folks tell me that the car hybrid, it's unusual that it's optimized for highway driving. Hmm. So you get uh, better mileage on the highway. I was getting just around 47 miles to the gallon on a trip to Otis Beckett country. Hmm. Okay. And uh, this car has all kinds of uh, refinements to keep the drag down, which is how it's optimized for highway driving. The drag coefficient of this car is 0.24, whereas the gas-powered Sonata is 0.27. And any drag coefficient under 0.3 is considered very efficient. And uh, what they did on the hybrid is they have active flaps in the front grille that shuts off some of the cooling that you don't need, it becomes uh, superfluous. It becomes extra at highway speeds. It has aerodynamic design wheels. And uh, it also has, uh, if you look on the back taillights, there are six little bumps on each side, uh, the left and the right taillight. And these are vortex generators that tailor the airflow over the back to minimize the low-pressure area to further lessen drag and give, make the car a little slicker moving through the air. So it, it's a kind of a technology toward the force. All right. And the version uh, we were driving was the limited edition, which is the high-end version of the Sonata Hybrid. The MSRP on that car is 35300 but the other versions of the car start at $27,750. Mm-hmm. Now, the limited version, the one we drove, comes with a unique solar roof. It's, you look at the roof, the roof is black, but then you notice that it's all these solar cells 
which are used to charge both the hybrid battery and the 12-volt battery. And being, uh, oh, being right around the solstice, the car I had, like within a day, you can uh, pump up maybe half the battery capacity hmm. because the, the sun is the highest. I, I was looking at, like within six hours, a quarter of the battery capacity was put back into the hybrid battery. Hmm. And so that, uh, yeah, the Hyundai folks say that this gives you maybe, with six hours exposure every day, you get maybe two extra miles on electric power. So you get roughly 700 miles more a year on electric power. Hmm. And it was, uh, like I said, it's a technology toward the force. The, yeah. Also, the car has a, a two-liter gasoline engine. The electric synchronous magnet motor is 39 kilowatts, and the combined system power with the motor and the uh, the electric motor and the gas engine is 192 horsepower, and that's hooked up to a six-speed automatic transmission. And there is all LED lighting on the car. You even have ventilated front seats, heated and ventilated front seats, and it comes with a Bose premium 12-speaker audio system. And it's a, it's a nice car to drive. It's responsive on the highway, and it's uh, fairly quiet. So hmm. that's the ride of the week, the right. Hyundai Sonata Hybrid yeah. Limited Edition. Sounds good. Any other uh, automotive news? Yes. Okay. Again, our friends at iccars.com, that's I-S-E-E cars.com, have done another one of their studies of used car automotive sales. Okay. And uh, they've come up with, uh, it's kind of COVID related. They've been looking at the used car sales from last year, from May last year to May this year, and then from April of 2020 to May of 2020. And even though auto sales were maybe 12% less in May of this year than May of 2019, they were so bad in April that they're saying that used automotive sales are up over 100% from one month to the next. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go to iccars.com, you can find the study there and look at specific vehicles and see how they fared from one year to the next and from one month to the next. The the biggest change was the Mazda CX-5 SUV. Its sales jumped 108% from from, uh, April to March. And uh, the study itself shows uh, the increases or the decreases for various classes of vehicles. So that's the latest from the folks at iccars.com looking at uh, the effect of the pandemic on automotive sales. And uh, as you might guess, the SUVs have jumped the most in sales from one month to the next. And truck sales have jumped 
maybe 45% from April to May, Hmm. but they're still up from the year before. Most other vehicle classes are, the sales are down from 2019 to 2020. Hmm. So speaking of trucks, okay, Ford has come up with a study that why Americans love their truck. (laughs) Okay, and... If I can find it here, <laughs> since I am here, it is okay. I've got that. that some of the reasons people love their trucks. Okay, twenty-five percent. Uh, Ford surveyed two thousand truck owners, uh, pickup truck owners, all across all walks of life. Twenty-five percent of these name their truck. Okay, to give their truck a name. Twenty-five <laughs> percent of the owners. And 15% of owners have a tattoo or a related <laughs> truck on their body. Okay? And wow. it's kind of an interesting survey here. They asked owners what activities they would give up for a year before they would give up their truck. Okay? Now, 82% would give up streaming services. would give up drinking alcohol. 71% would give up drinking coffee. 47% would give up using a phone. And 44% would give up eating meat. And down at the bottom, 38% would give up having sex. So you can see how popular trucks, pickup trucks are. That's interesting. Yes. Do they have anything on what the most common uh, nickname <laughs> is given to a person's truck? <laughs> no, I don't. They didn't go into that. They uh, they gave some sample names like uh, Betty and Big Bertha. <laughs> and one of them is even called Cognito. <laughs> so the driver said he wanted to go out and ride incognito. Yes, yes. Yes. But, uh, and then they <clears throat> have a quote from some. Uh, some academics here that why uh, trucks are so popular and they say it ties in with American individualism and uh, mm-hmm. ingenuity and uh, hard work and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Although they probably shopped around for the best quote. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. I wonder if they are going to do any studies on, uh, you know, wives going in for counseling, wives of uh, truck owners. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me of the old joke. What is the okay. old joke? Uh, the, one guy says to another, I got a pickup truck for my wife. Mm. And the other, and he says it was a pretty good exchange. <laughs> I actually never heard that joke. <laughs> well, you know it now. <laughs> take my wife, please. <laughs> but don't take my pickup truck. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, do you have a Musk Minute for us by any chance? Oh, yeah, we've got a Musk Minute. And uh, Elon was saying last year that, not last year, last week, that, uh, well, we we noted last week, he said Starship, the uh, rocket that's going to go from Earth to the moon and Earth to Mars and uh, go intercontinental distances and suborbital passenger flights, once it's hooked up to a, a larger booster underneath, the whole thing would be bigger than a Saturn V. But he said that uh, these things, they're going to make so much noise that they would have to be used 
in spaceports that are maybe offshore 20 miles from metropolitan mm. areas. Wow. Before they uh, shot you and a few hundred other people mm. or a few dozen other people from one spot on Earth to the other in, in 30 minutes. And uh, although that you can get there fast, but if you leave during the day, you're going to get to where you're going in the middle of the night, and so you couldn't do much anyway except sleep. <laughs> so that, that it's kind of a a, a super uh, problem compared to jet lag. You you may not have jet lag, but you'd have other problems in uh, getting to some place that's maybe not in the same time zone. Right, yeah, that's an interesting new uh, twist there. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but also uh, space connected. Uh, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic just had an agreement with NASA to take private uh, citizens to the International Space Station. Really? And uh, well, right now Virgin has their uh, suborbital flights that they're going to be gearing up to take people up into space and come right back down. But uh, this is wholly new. You'll be going into orbit. And so one of the Virgin Galactic backers is Boeing, which has the Starliner, which will be going to the International Space Station. So maybe Virgin Galactic will uh, be able to fly some high-paying passengers to the International Space Station. And these would be private citizens or private researchers looking to do uh, research on the space station in zero gravity. Mm. Yeah. Now, now, the Virgin Galactic uh, rocket, now, is that, is that the one that's dropped from a plane, or is that, the, or do they... Yeah, that's dropped that's from what I a, thought. Yeah. a plane and uh, out in New Mexico, and then mm. they, they fly up and they fly down like the the birdie in a shuttlecock in badminton. The, the fins go up in the back, and it comes slowly, in, not well, relatively slowly into the atmosphere, and then it lands horizontally. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you have for us today? Yes. Yes. From uh, here in Massachusetts at Tufts University, Sunny Tufts University, they've come up with smart bandages that are being used for chronic wounds it's uh, it's in the research stage and has to go to clinical trials, but these bandages have sensors in them. They're flexible bandages that monitor and tailor the treatment of chronic wounds. The, the bandage will have a sensor in there that detects the pH of the skin and also detects the temperature. So if a wound starts festering, a wound or a burn, the microprocessor that's attached to the bandage would release medication into the wound to help it stop from festering. Hmm. So that uh, that's an interesting uh, development there. It would use uh, encapsulated uh, medication that's temperature sensitive that would uh, the microprocessor would tailor the relief over the over the area of the wound. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Yes. And anything else you have for us today? Well, also in medical, I guess we can wrap it up with this. Okay. Is 
a company called Harmony Bionics, and they've come up with an exoskeleton. It's an, in other words, it's a robot that would fit around the upper body. You you like put it on, or you would you know sit down into it, and it's being used to rehabilitate stroke victims. The you would it would have uh, you'd slap your not slap but put your arms in it. The upper and lower arms would have actuators on them, and the same uh, you know on each arm. And this would do therapy like a therapist would. In other words, like you go into a therapist after strokes and they manipulate your limbs in different exercises. Well, this could program, uh, this could be programmed to do those exercises. So a therapist wouldn't be really tired at the end of the day. It could also be programmed that with the patient's limb that's, uh, good and fairly mobile, it would mirror the movement of one arm to the other. So you would, you would do the same motion with the arm that's being re- rehabilitated. Hmm. So kind of a neat development there yeah. with uh, robotics and exoskeletons. Usually you see these exoskeletons being used to lift heavy objects and uh, take, the, take the load off a a person who was uh, lifting heavy objects. So that's a wrap for today. All right, that's a wrap. I'm glad we could finally get together. I'm glad we could do that. Uh, so I wonder uh, we'll who's do it out there listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully they are. So uh, anyway, let's do it again next week, and uh, hopefully things will go a little smoother. Okay. Glad we could get together. All right. Okay, so that was uh, Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk.